Hello, Muppet fans, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we are... I'm a nobody at Kevin T. Porter. Everywhere, anywhere. (laughs) Our guest. Man, I really panicked when I shouted out loudly, I'm a nobody. I don't know. Our guest, everyone. That's what Kermit would do. Back from last week. Yeah, that's true. Kevin T. Porter. Yeah, everyone knows who I am. All right. So... Uh, today, we are talking about minutes 67 and 68 of The Great Muppet Caper, in which Miss Piggy takes to the runway in the place of a supposedly injured Marla, and the musical number Piggy's Fantasy begins. So picking up from last week, uh, backstage at the fashion show, Marla suddenly falls down. She says she's twisted her knee, and it, it occurs to me... Uh, Erica Creer, who plays Marla, must be a good actor because the last time I watched this movie all the way through, I remember briefly thinking, oh yeah, this is the part where Marla gets hurt and Piggy has to step in before I remembered, oh wait, no, no, this is the part where Marla pretends that she gets hurt to fool Piggy into stepping in. So, uh, yeah, good job, Erica Creer. Yeah, well, like I said last week, I think she's great in this, you yeah. know, like here too. When she she does this like stagey look around to see if anyone's watching her fall, you know. Yeah, to make sure that she has everyone's attention. And then Nikki runs over, and he's totally overplaying it. Though he's like shouting, he he's trying to make sure to get Piggy's attention, but he's shouting, you know, you've got to get up, you've got to go on. So he's he's not quite as subtle, um, but it works. Right. I'll, I'll, although right after that, she also says, "I can't go on." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, I'm not as familiar with Grodin's career at this moment in time. Like, was he historically at this point in his career a ham like this, like he is in this movie? Yeah, I mean, he had done some stuff in the 70s, like uh, Albert Brooks' movie Real Life, for example. He's very, which is a movie where um, Albert Brooks is a documentary filmmaker who is making a reality show about like an average family. And Groden is the dad of the family. And most of what he does is get like increasingly annoyed and angry at, at um, Albert Brooks, you know? Oh, okay. Got it. So that's very much like that, that Beethoven midnight run, Charles Groden gets annoyed thing. Yeah. Yeah, so he had, he had started to establish the Charles Groden style by this point. <laughs> and it is the style. It's a beautiful house style. <laughs> yes. Oh, for sure. Look, we all love Clifford. Okay, <laughs> I've That's never funny. actually seen Clifford. It's on one of my queues on one streaming service or another. But uh, yeah, I never actually have never gotten around to Clifford. Yeah, I've never s- seen it either. I saw it so many times. Like it was on the Disney Channel all the time. Uh, and I lo- like I thought it was so. Fu- I have no idea if it's good. Yeah. When I was twelve, thirteen, I thought it was the greatest movie. <laughs> I bet I I bet I saw it fifteen times. Yeah. Do you think yeah. all of our listeners are aware that Clifford is a movie in which Martin Short, a, a grown man, Martin Short, plays a child named Clifford? I hope so, because <laughs> I hope everybody's familiar with the movie Clifford. Just, just to provide that okay, context. Now. Yeah. <laughs> wow, what a career. He's worked with puppets and St. Bernard's and Martin Short pretending to be a kid. Yeah, and Noah Baumbach. So yeah. <laughs> the, the, the whole gamut. Exactly. 
The Holy Trinity, we call it. <laughs> there you go. So uh, Piggy runs over and, and cradles Marla's head and uh, tells her she's going to stay right there with her. Until Nikki says, no, 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 Piggy has to go on in Marla's place. And then Piggy immediately forgets about Marla and drops her. And the sound effect of Marla's head hitting the floor is so perfect. It well, is the co- loud. Yes. <laughs> well, and it's the combination of the sound effect and Piggy doing this like huge take to the camera where she just like opens her mouth and smiles and stares at the camera because she's true. so happy. Yeah, that does. is one of my favorite reaction shots of anything ever. Just like anytime Miss Piggy is incredulous about something, I think it's so <laughs> wonderful. Right. Well, you know, uh, Jim Halpert got it from Piggy. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. He he's appropriating Muppet culture for sure. Yeah, for sure. And um, and like we've talked about on the show before, but Piggy, her facial features don't really move. Like she's not actually smiling. You know, Frank Oz is just positioning her head so that it looks like she's excited. Like all he can do is open and close her mouth. Her eyes don't move. Yeah. You know, the like the corners of her mouth don't really move. No, it's pretty wild. That's part of the magic of it, guys. Is just like how how much how much expression you project onto these pieces of felt is just something that is still such a wonderful little mental, emotional, special effect. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say about uh, when she drops Marla is it's I'm not sure exactly how a director knows when it's funnier to show something funny happening and when it's funnier just to suggest it. But this is Jim Henson's instinct was 100% correct. Cause it would not have been as funny if we actually cut to a shot of Marla's head hitting the floor. Yeah. So good job, Jim Henson. Good job. Good timing. Good framing. He yeah. was good. Yeah. He was good at this. He wasn't good at like, you know, going to the doctor, but he was good at this. Oh, buddy. It's very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's sad that going to the doctor wasn't as easy as directing a great movie. (laughs) Oh, you're right. I mean, you're right. You're absolutely That's the thing. Most people can't direct a good movie. Uh, That's the thing. But any of us can go to the doctor. That's what makes it so tragic. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And uh, outside at the fashion show, Lady Holiday is announcing the Holiday Swimwear Collection. Uh, somehow in the last minute or two, uh, Waldorf has managed to fall asleep. And Statler tells him to wake up because here come the bikinis, to which Waldorf replies, Oh boy, we better synchronize our pacemakers. Yeah, because the ideas are going to get so turned on that they'll have a heart attack. <laughs> yes, that's uh, it. <laughs> which, you know, I'm not of that age, so I don't want to speak to that uh, more than I ought. But I guess that is a true concern. Yeah, well, yeah, yes. And, like, we talked last week about them being creepy, right? But, like, I don't know. Somehow the idea that they're going to, like, get turned on to death is so much funnier <laughs> than, yeah, than the previous joke. that they had yeah I, i'm just happy they don't follow either of these lines with their the sort of cliche do that they that people seem to think they always do yeah they let them just well, they, sit there so we can absorb it fully yes right well but they do do like you know in the last 25 years or whatever 30 years you know the flanderized statler and waldorf do right. do it all the time right because the writers have gotten lazy because they that's what they remember, so they think that that's what Statler and Waldorf have to do every time they do a joke. But 
They don't have to. Even in the the scene a few uh, episodes ago, when Kermit was riding the bike and Waldorf says, look, Ma, no brains, they don't do the whole big do-ho-ho. They just kind of chuckled lightly to themselves. So, right. Yeah. Anyway. Little thing called restraint, friends. Exactly. Little thing called restraint. Exactly. Uh, Lady Holiday says, a cloud of lavender starburst pleading surrounds our next model. And she's expecting to turn around and see Marla. But it's not Marla. It's Miss Piggy. And the crowd is completely uh, astonished, astounded. As was I. (laughs) Yeah. And I knew it was coming. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, Piggy looks great. Um, I don't know what the deal is. So Piggy's wearing a swimsuit with this cloud of lavender starburst pleading. Marla was supposed to be going on to model a swimsuit. I don't know if they just happened to have a similar swimsuit in Piggy's size, or I don't know. Marla and Piggy are not the same (laughs) size. So maybe somebody backstage, there's a a seamstress who made very, very fast alterations. I love the idea that this tiny little swimsuit is supposed to be on a very tall woman with a long torso. And instead it's on Piggy who it happens to fit. That's some ma- Muppet magic, baby. Yeah. I don't exactly. know. That idea is very funny to me. Right. But they don't have right? to explain it. Uh, th- the crowd loves it. People are jumping to their feet, taking pictures, cheering. Lady Holiday is a gas. There's a great, uh, a great take by Diana Rigg, who again is extremely funny in this movie. Uh, something that occurred to me, this on this uh, viewing of these two minutes. At what point? So the musical number that's about to start is called Piggy's Fantasy. Mm-hmm. At what point does this actually switch from reality to Piggy's Fantasy? Because our, I so think when all they these all people, like start standing up and clapping for her, right? Right. I mean, that's still happening in the physical location of reality. We haven't yet yeah. switched to this swimming pool scene with all these people diving and and all that stuff but yeah we we can assume that these people aren't really jumping up and cheering for piggy right no unfortunately i don't think that would be that supportive Uh, right right um the other thing i i wrote um although like maybe it represents the real world of 1981 where everyone loved miss piggy she had her own tv special she had her own calendars she was on magazine covers all the time yeah, this is a way to sort of uh, echo that or represent that without actually, I don't know, somehow it would seem silly in the world of this movie for everyone to really fall in love with Miss Piggy like this. But yeah, this way they can have it both ways. <laughs> well, they're lost, truly. Yeah. Um, another thing I wrote down was that with these these layers of pleating and the, the innermost one is the shiny silver, uh, Miss Piggy looks kind of like a cupcake. Oh, yeah, I see that. Like a gorgeous little cupcake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, as Piggy uh, is walking the runway and the music swells, there's this musical phrase uh, at the beginning of this song. I think it's played on a French horn, although I can't wait for somebody to tell me I'm wrong and let me know what the instrument actually is. Right. But. I've always thought this sounded like the theme song from the original Star Trek TV series. Oh, yeah, I could see that for sure. It's kind of, I'll I'll insert it here uh, in the podcast recording later, but it's kind of like a do, 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 do. 
it just reminds me of Star Trek. Okay, now this is Ryan. It's after the recording of this episode, and I'm here in the moving right along editing studio. So here now is the Star Trek theme song. And this is the intro from Piggy's Fantasy. And now, here they are, one right after the other. First, Star Trek, then Piggy's Fantasy. So now, I pose the question back to Anthony and Kevin in the past. Can you see it? Yeah, I can see it. (laughs) So, I'm hoping that someone else out there who listens to this will know what I'm talking about, or have had the same thought. Confirm the take, listeners. Yeah, yeah. Don't leave your co-host hanging. Joe Raposo totally (laughs) stole from um, whoever wrote the music for the Star Trek theme song, which I don't remember who that was. Oh, wow, now this is becoming an accusation, actually. This is interesting. (laughs) We are going to tear Joe Raposo from his grave. Oh, my God. To accuse him of thievery. Exactly. Wait, did Joe not go to the doctor either? You know, he died young, too. He was 50, I think, when he died oh, of cancer. Fair. Yeah, oh, what a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anthony, who wrote the music to the Star Trek theme song? You must know. Alexander Courage. There you go. What a name. Alexander yeah. Courage. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know uh, that much else about him. I just His name's in the credits. You know? Yeah. Uh, the camera zooms in on Kermit at one point. He's he's totally love-struck, which I think that we can assume is actually happening. That's not just in Piggy's head, because we know that, that Kermit is totally smitten with Piggy here. Uh, and then eventually it dissolves to this swimming pool scene, and now we're definitely in Piggy's fantasy in her mind. There's this ornate swimming pool, there are these women wearing capes, they're diving into it from all around it. Um, this... I, I thought all of the effects with Piggy and water were so impressive. Yeah. All the practical stuff. I know it's probably not this minute, but her breathing through her nose, underwater, <laughs> just anything with her interacting. I still, in 2019, was like, what? how are they, how exactly are they doing that? There's something still so basic magic about it. Yeah. Well, uh, there is more of it that I guess we'll get to next week because I didn't take those notes this week, but it, it it was a lot of work and a lot of very impressive uh, dedication to the the puppet wizardry to make all yeah. this happen. Yeah, well, and it's one of those things where if a movie comes out now and there's like a CGI, you know, if Miss Piggy's, you know, they would do it practically in a Muppet movie. But if somebody is like underwater and it's a CGI effect, you're just like, oh, okay, it's a CGI effect. But like here, you know that Frank Oz and probably other performers were underwater. Like, you know, actual people were doing this underwater. Yeah. And it makes yeah. it so much, it makes it feel so much, like gives it such more weight, I think. Yeah, I was really knocked out. Yeah, I think about this a lot where obviously there are very talented computer animators and people who design 
and execute things like that. But there is that thing where you always just kind of go, oh yeah, that's a, that's computer animation. Whereas this, it's like, wow, how, how many people did it take and how long did it take them to put this together? Yeah. And you don't know all the tricks in the same way that you do now. And it's so yeah. much less easy to be cynical. Yeah. And they're all different tricks, like from shot to shot mm-hmm. in a movie like this. Um, and yeah, this is uh, an homage to Esther Williams. This is one of those things I think we mentioned before. It's it's like this type of cultural reference, at least for a certain type of film nerd. I can tell you that this is a reference to old musicals starring Esther Williams, and I can't remember a time in my life when I wasn't able to identify uh, a reference or a spoof of Esther Williams movies, but I don't think I've ever actually seen an Esther Williams movie. Yeah, it's one of those things that exists in the culture of even even if you don't know, if you've never seen Star Wars, you still know Luke, I am your father and all the Darth Vader stuff. Yeah. It's it's just so prevalent. And even spoofed or homage or references recently is Hail Caesar with the Scarlett Johansson stuff. And that yeah, one. yeah, definitely. Which, I mean, maybe people saw that and didn't realize what it was referencing, but yeah, yeah we just, you just kind of know like, Oh yeah. A long time ago, there were these movies that had these musical numbers in a swimming pool like this. So, uh, right. Um, so I don't think I've ever seen an Esther Williams movie either. The only thing I want to say about her is that she starred back to back in movies called Duchess of Idaho and pagan love song. <laughs> Those were both released in 1950. Wow. Love it. Yeah, in the days when I assume she was under contract to whatever movie F- studio, MGM. Yeah, yeah, and then she would probably star in like four movies a year. Right. She yeah. was just cranking out those swim numbers, pagan love song. Yeah. Wow. I should look and see if that one's out there. You should, anywhere. You should actually like the titles of her movies are all great. Texas Carnival, Callaway went that away. They're, they're <laughs> all great. Yeah, these all sound fake, which makes them sound yeah. a little more amazing. <laughs> right, exactly. Callaway went that away. Yeah, nineteen fifty one. Well, is it about Cab Calloway, or is he in it? Uh, no, it looks like it's about Fred McMurray. Oh wow! Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah, I, I should see some of these for sure. Yeah, we uh, should book club them. Yeah, or do a podcast about Esther where we Williams watch movies. every Esther Williams movie. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's do it. <laughs> Uh, the the Muppets also did a. There's a brief riff on these types of musical numbers in the musical number we're doing a sequel at the beginning of Muppets Most Wanted. So, oh yeah, yeah, they went back to that. I, I think that's it. I didn't actually think to look it up on Muppet Wiki. Maybe they did something on Muppet Babies or something. But yeah, so that's all very cool. Um, there's this one shot where. Piggy is standing at the front of a line of swimmers and then she suddenly drops sideways out of the shot into the pool and then the rest of the the women drop sideways into the pool one by one. And again, this is it's the illusion that the Muppets can do anything people can. It's the the commitment to puppet acting, all of that stuff. Because of course, in this shot they're not throwing a Miss Piggy puppet into the pool. It's just Frank Oz jerking his arm out of the shot in a way that <laughs> that matches what the women are actually doing, but it's completely convincing. You're right. I'm sure he didn't did not drop Piggy like at all. 
Right. You just pulled her out of the out of the frame. Yeah, you're right. And I, I, I know think that's about the other it, thing. You, know? like you sense the care with which all of this stuff was done because I'm sure it was like expensive and they didn't want to damage anything. And yeah, it's really, really beautiful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of precision in the making of these movies. Absolutely. Uh, while this is all going on, there's a chorus, uh, which is another one of these, just somehow it, there's something old fashioned sounding about this chorus of voices and they're singing these lyrics that are just kind of florid nonsense. They, they sing a miracle of spring, a miracle of beauty, be dazzled by the magic of a smile. So yes, in Piggy's dream world, everyone is in love with her, including the off screen chorus. Well, yeah, like that's another thing that we've talked a few times about how this movie takes things from the Muppet movie and does them larger. You know, yeah. um, the, the bicycle, bicycle scene, most famously, from one bike to two bikes to 16 bikes. <laughs> um, but this is another one. Like, in the Muppet movie, she sees Kermit, and she has the fantasy Never Before, Never Again, which is about how Kermit is in love with her. And in this one, Kermit's already in love with her, so she has a fantasy about how the whole world is in love with her. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And then yeah, it they, feels like a natural furthering of that first idea. Yeah, for sure. And I guess they don't really... Uh, yeah, they don't really try to top that ever in any of the future movies. I mean, there's the, the Fantastic Miss Piggy show special, which is like all Piggy all the time. Right. But yeah, this is really... This this particular musical number may be the, the peak of everyone... P- like Piggy is the biggest star in the world. Right. This is Piggy Mania at its peak, right? Like Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Ah, I do wish there was a festival for this. Piggy Mania would be great. They did. You you, you know that they had Muppet Fest one time, Kevin? Oh man, and we didn't go. It was in 2001. Yeah, I you, you didn't go, did you, Ryan? I w- told myself like, okay, I'll save up my money and go next year, and then they never did it again. And then it never happened again, yeah. Yeah. But it sounded like it was magical. But yeah, they, they did like a two-hour Muppet Show live thing there, and you know, a ton of panels and stuff with the performers. They auctioned off some kind of uh, like a, a box of piggy, like a, a piggy costume and pearls that had actually been worn by the piggy puppet on screen, and her gloves and things like that. So, oh wow, yeah, yeah, I somebody. Bid a lot of money for that, and now has <laughs> these these genuine piggy items in their collection. Well, as long as they were genuine, yeah. So that's actually all I have for these minutes. Uh, do you, either of you have anything else, Kevin? Starting with you. Oh gosh, no. Again, I was just so knocked out by the the technical feat of it all, and I'd forgotten about this part. And I think it's something that as you grow to be an adult you just appreciate more and more yeah yeah that's a great thing about these actually you can appreciate them in a different way yeah Uh, so anthony anything else well just i mean to add to what kevin says i think it's like you you and i ryan like we think about this stuff all the time yes so it's always great to hear a more casual fan like remind us how impressive this stuff is when you don't think about it as much you know yeah um, yeah, yeah. I mean, because, yeah I you know, it. I guess you guys are in as good a position as anybody to get cynical about it. But gentlemen, right? Hold on that, that's to that wonder. 
Right. For sure. Well, and it's it's like honestly, the Muppets are so inactive nowadays. You know, like I don't know if you saw these commercials that just came out where they advertise Facebook Portal. Woohoo! But but there's like so little going on that like a bunch of fans online were oh this is so exciting Facebook Portal ads <laughs> like. Well, hold so on it is now. really the, fun to go back and just talk about the like. Those were also exciting because they marked the return of Fozzie's mom and Piggy's nephews. Finally, yes, that is <laughs> finally Piggy's nephews are back. The 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 much beloved characters, two terrible characters from the bad '90s revival. So like <laughs> to see them. Yeah, maybe maybe nobody was clamoring for them to come back. I know you like Muppets Tonight more than I do, Ryan. I do. I don't think anybody was. Dave Goals, maybe. I mean, no, he's playing one of them. I don't know. I but, feel like I've seen a quote but, um, from him somewhere. Yeah. So anyways. I don't know. About Andy and Randy Pig being oh. a delight. Yeah, no, I feel like I've seen a... I don't remember now, actually. A quote from either Dave Goals or Steve Whitmire, where they said at a certain point, they both started to get annoyed by Andy and Randy, and they were the ones performing them. <laughs> so there Yeah, you that go. makes sense. Yeah. Those characters were... Legitimately terrible, but they're not in this movie, which they're is not. great. Um, and and the only the or or indeed in any movie, but um, no, the only thing I was going to say that we didn't talk about is we do see the animatronic piggy a little bit in like the wide shots when she's first coming out in her swimsuit, right? Oh, is that the animatronic and version? I, I think so, but maybe not because it looks pretty good. Like she looks a little stiffer than I feel like. She would if it was a puppet in some of those shots. But yeah, I see she, what you mean. Like the when you see her whole body. Yeah. Yeah. But it but be. it like it's stiffer than the puppet, but it's smoother than the animatronic sometimes is. Right. So well, her I'm inclined to think it's uh her hands are definitely attached. Like they're, they're sewn to her waist, so Yeah. Right. If there is a puppeteer, it's only he's only controlling her head. Right. Yes, yes, so that might just be what it is, is that her hands are sewn to her waist. Yeah. Which we're going to get a joke about later in this movie, of course, from Scooter. Oh, yeah. But, Stay tuned, folks. That's yeah. a good tease. I remember, I don't know if, if you ever saw um, An Evening with Jim Henson and Frank Oz, which is like from the late 80s at some puppetry conference. Yeah. They perform a lot of their characters. There's a, a moment in that where Frank is doing Fozzie and he goes to take his hat off and Fozzie says, wait a second my hat is pinned to my head <laughs> and like, and then like Frank uses Fozzie's hand to pull it out, which is really impressive. Yeah. 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 That's fun. So it, it's amazing how they make that stuff still feel real. Like when they yeah, have to. all of it. And uh, all right. So with that, we will wrap things up for this week. Listeners, please check out toughpigs.com on the internet, on Facebook, Twitter, and all of those various places. Um, please feel free to drop by the Tough Pigs forum to let us know what you thought of this episode. There's a link on the front page of uh, toughpigs.com. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe, and Anthony is on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. And Kevin, where can people find you and your work on the internet? Uh, you can follow me at Lizzo everywhere, but I have a Finsta that I go by at Kevin T. Porter on if you want the real good stuff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and uh, if you don't mind, listeners, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you can review podcasts. And tell all your friends about the show. 
and join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. See you later. Yay! Ha <laughs> ha